You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week, it is all about America because we just had an election. And we're going to talk about two big patriotic agents of America. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of change has just come across America and things are different. And I mean, I don't want to get on too much of a soapbox, but the fact that Disney Plus shows for Marvel are happening, and the Suicide Squad is starting to become a household name. That's huge. That is sweeping America. That is changing everything. So in this new era where people, where who knows, next Halloween, you might see kids run around as the peacemaker. You might see kids trying to be the U.S. agent. So we wanted to we wanted to get you, our fans, involved, and, and we threw out our own uh, our own inspiration to go out and vote. And you have spoken, and we're going to talk about those results, and we're going to talk about those two characters. Yeah, so we wanted to we wanted to find out your thoughts on who would win if uh, the U.S. agent from Marvel Comics went up against the Peacemaker from DC Comics. Uh, both going to be showing up in live action, one on uh, your Falcon and Winter Soldier show for Disney Plus, and Peacemaker not only going to be showing up in James Gunn's Suicide Squad, but also his own TV show spinoff on HBO Max. Uh, John Cena versus Wyatt Russell, <laughs> if you want to think of it that way. <laughs> uh, it's, going, it's, going, it's, it's going to be an interesting time, especially just for pe- comic book fans and people who love to watch uh, live action comic book uh, material. So, we're going to get to all that after we talk about what's on the spinner rack. So, Chris, what is new on this new comic book day? All right. So let's kick it off with Tuesday is when your DC comics will be at your LCS. So coming out this week, we have Batman. The Adventures Continue number six. I got to say, I, I really enjoy because do two covers on these and um so one of them is, I think this is Cardi Randolphson. Um, so his uh, his cover, I really like this inspiration for this new Robin costume. It basically looks like the Tim Drake costume, which is this animated costume. And um, with that, though, but I don't know, just that tweak of the red mask um, and some of the extra features on there, it looks pretty cool. Like, all right, that that's a pretty cool, like, Jason Todd animated series Robin costume because when the animated series first came out, they just skipped Jason Todd. You know, our they amalgamed Tim and Jason and, and made that what it was. But I don't know. I just I dig that costume. Maybe because I haven't seen Robin's costume be so bright and the lack of green for so long. Like I know it's there in Damien's. I just feel like Damien always does like his dad and, and does the cow or the, the cape overlapping too much. So I don't know, it was just refreshing, but I love that cover. Um, 
We also have Batman issue 102. So that series is still going under James Tinian IV. And we are going to be introduced to this new character, the Ghost Maker. Um, whether he's on the side of the angels or devils remains to be seen. But Batman basically has to win back Gotham City because of the Joker War. We've seen that fallout. Uh, there is a character sketch variant, so you get to check out his costume wholeheartedly in there. Um, this is going to be very interesting to see what they're doing. I, I'd be curious to understand what his inspirations are. Uh, when I look at the character sketch, character sketch cover and I see the one with the opening cape, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a Moon Knight in there. It'll be interesting to see if uh, maybe this is DC's attempt to get their own Moon Knight, maybe. That's going to be interesting to to do a Moon Knight character because, I mean, obviously, even though it's not exactly correct, uh, a lot of people equate Moon Knight to being Marvel's Batman. Uh, so the idea being like, Oh, you want you want a, a crazy a crazier Batman? You want a Moon Knight? We'll, we're going to give you a Moon Knight. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, now this is a neat one to save some money. So DC Classics Batman Adventures number six will be out. Uh, this is reprinting the original Batman the Animated Series tie-in comic and all its glory. So they are coming in around two dollars. So that's a great fun little comic to get the younger ones there to get them hooked on this deceased dead planet number five will be out i love this series tom taylor is just hitting it out of the park oh man so beautiful and oh people don't mind but there's a little bit of a spoiler um dead man is finally popping up i'm like yes finally like it totally makes sense that this character should have been in it from day one so i'm i'm extra hyped to see him there uh the variant (laughs) covers are very exciting as well i love these like I don't know. It's kind of funny because I'm thinking of like I'm looking at the Swamp Thing one, and it kind of feels like almost like the the reverse of what Alex Ross is doing with his Timeless covers. So these are you know the Times Over covers, and uh, so they're taking classic characters that are getting featured in there, and um, so yeah, they've got just this Swamp Thing that's rotting out, and you can see his skull popping out. So that's pretty wild looking. And then of course it looks like the movie variant is just gonna go straight Wonder Woman. Uh, so that's kind of cool. I like those hues on that. Definitely gives it the 1984 feel. Uh, Hellblazer is still kicking. So Hellblazer Rise and Fall number two on his new uh, book series there. Justice League number 56 will tie into Metal. Uh, and this is going to be pretty wild because we are going to start getting um, a new, I guess, evil amalgamed Batman. So this one will be called The Mine Hunter. So as we saw in the first metal, Batman basically took on the original Justice League uh, New 52 style and got their powers. So like Batman with Barry Allen's Flash became the Speed Demon, not Speed Demon, um, Red Death. And so now this time we're going after one of the missing leaguers. So Batman, evil Batman, will take over the powers of John Jones. Can you imagine how scary that is? That's too Bruce scary. Is pretty bad. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, Bruce is already a master of disguise. You know, he's created Matches Malone. He's He's gone undercover and all kinds of stuff. But now he's got shapeshifter abilities. Batman's already a, 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 a critical thinker. Now you're giving him telepathy. Yeah, that that is the scariest Batman right there. <laughs> uh, Strange Adventures will be getting a director's cut. So if you're definitely enjoying what Tom King, Mitch Gerard, and Doc Shaner are doing, uh, definitely pick this one up. I know when they did the uh, Mr. Miracle director's cut, it was really neat because it gives you 
I remember uh, if I remember correctly, it gives you the story. I forget if it was black and white and color or just black and white. Uh, you get the original script, and then they also inserted like a fun animated style intro. Uh, so that basically gives you an introduction to Mr. Miracle in the vein of like kind of a comic book look to it. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's just going to have a sneak peek black and white uh, by Doc Shaner and Mitch Gerard. So you'll get to see their original art as it was uh, the script as Tom King put it together. So that's always neat to see if something got cut or changed. Of course, they always black it out, which is a bummer. Yeah. Sweet Tooth is back. Sweet Tooth the Return. Uh, so Jeff Lemire's weird antler-headed kid has made a comeback. I don't know why, but this song always makes me think of, um, oh, God, uh, Fallout Boy. I think it was their first main hit, their first music video, uh, Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging. And mm-hmm. they had that antler kid in there, too. I was like, is that the comic? Is it a weird tie-in? So I don't know enough about these, but I've always wondered if there was some kind of connection. Yeah, no clue. Uh, so uh well let's see here's a neat one and they they kind of missed it just it's it's i guess you could call it good fallout from halloween but tales from the dark multiverse is back and this time we get batman hush wow everything changes in this one tommy elliott is the hero now if you know hush well enough you know what the name Tommy Elliott means. So this is huge. Um, and I also found something interesting. I was reading some background information on this. And I don't know if you agree with this one or not, Mitch. They consider, DC considers Batman Hush by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee to be the start of the modern era of Batman. What do you think? Do you think that's landmark enough? Or do you think that's just them saying, oh, there's some high-profile names. Let's uh, let's sell some more trade paperbacks. Uh, I mean... I, I get it. Yeah, it's a high, it's a, it's a high profile comic. It, it, it can definitely hold on its own. And I think the idea that it, um, involves so many characters that I get, that's why that they're saying it like, yeah, it's like, Oh, well you get an introduction to just about everybody in this book. Yeah, no, it definitely is a high mark. Um, no, it's interesting. Cause I look at some stuff. Like I always like to think of, um, Identity Crisis and Avengers Disassembled as the start of the modern era of comics. Like 2004 was a big year. You had those two stories and then, of course, Green Lantern Rebirth and uh, Astonishing X-Men. So I was like, wow, there is a lot of change in the air, a lot of craziness going on. It's funny. Is 2004 still modern enough, though? Hmm. Because while they mention Hush, and I think that scares me because I think that one's like, uh, it might be 25 years old. It might be even getting close to 30, which scares the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> but is it still modern enough? So like, I mean, could there be another contender? I almost feel maybe Tom King's or, you know, rebirth Batman is definitely more of a modern era, but it's, it's interesting, but you're right. That was a great introduction to a lot of characters. Cause that's one thing that I did like that Jeff Loeb does for his artist is who do you want to draw? Because I'll find a way to get him into the story. But yeah, but definitely lovers of Hush, go pick this up. I think you're going to be in for some twists. Uh, I hope you like the story. It's going to be something else. Young Justice issue 20 is out. Um, So as we're taking a look at this cover, I love the fact that Drake is gone. (laughs) We see Tim Drake in his classic Robin costume. Whether he's Robin or Red Robin, I don't know. But again, I love seeing that green. That is definitely an error there. And especially with... Honor and Bart being in their costumes. Like, yes, there's some tweaks to make them modern. But yeah, the Drake thing, I'm glad that didn't last. 
Superman, or sorry, Batman Superman, the brand new relaunched version out of the uh, uh, the Batman Who Laughs, recreating the brand new Secret Six will be collected in a trade paperback. I highly recommend that story mainly because of the artist, David Marquez. Um, he was over at Marvel for a little bit, and then when Bendis came over, he stole him and brought him over. And David Marquez, DC Comics, if you're listening, get him on an event ASAP. He is amazing. Uh, fans of the Justice League Unlimited TV show, there will be a mini trade paperback out called Time After Time, which will collect some of their uh, fantastic adventures. Plastic Man is going to get an interesting collection here. So this is definitely Perkish's ears. Uh, let's yep. pull up the full details here. So this was when Kyle Baker uh, decided to do some adventures with, with the Plastic Man. So they call this the Rubber Banded Deluxe Edition. Um, and this one, this was back in the 2004 series. So it's going to collect the whole thing, all 20 issues in one uh, main series. So basically, you know, Plastic Man working for the FBI. Got to deal with being a criminal and got to deal with doing some stuff for the FBI. So it looks pretty interesting. So I don't know if that's uh, maybe maybe Santa Claus is listening, Mitch. Maybe that is that something <laughs> worth seeing under the tree? <laughs> yeah, I can't I, I can't think of that particular run for some reason. And it's not it's not on my mind. 2004, though, maybe I wasn't. No, I would have been into Plastic Man at that point, so I don't know. I, I, I have to, and I'll have to remember what what's some other stuff that Kyle Baker's done. Oh gosh, that's a good question. Like I know, I know he's a big enough name. Um, let's see here. So we've got him on some Black Panther from the Marvel Action. Uh, so the IDW cartoon books. So we've got some adventures there. Uh, Gumby Special Forces. What the fuck? <laughs> that makes sense why he's on Plastic Man, though. Uh, as you can see, here's some of the covers. So they're very cartoony style, cartoon-esque. Oh, uh, that's looks probably like why I didn't pick it up then, because I, I don't think I care for those covers. Really? Oh, it, looks like the, it looks like the... um With those uh, cartoons that they were having, like those like mini cartoons. Oh yeah, the uh, I know um, what you're talking about. Is that on Cartoon Network? Well, it kind of looks like something like yeah, yeah. Um, God, what a DC animated shorts, but yeah, I forget what they had a specific name to him, but yeah, like because that's where we got Ninja Batman, and they did the little ghosty looking Dead Man. So they definitely do like I don't know. I kind of look at this and I'm getting a Ren and Stimpy vibe. Oh yeah, yeah. There's definitely Ren and Stimpy vibe there. Yeah. So yeah, he's definitely uh, he's he's some out there stuff. So. Maybe maybe this is I always, now I'm thinking of that. Uh, I, I, what's that movie? Or the guys in the chair and they have him pulled back with those things holding his eyes open. Orange. <laughs> so, yeah. So if I get you this book, I might have to get you that chair in order to get you to read it. Huh? <laughs> uh, let's see. Sandman will be getting some deluxe editions. So if you missed out on one of the various ways they've been collecting this series, because. Good gosh, they're cashing in on that. Uh, but this was Neil Gaiman and Matt Wagner coming together to deal with Sandman, both present, uh, Golden Age, and all over the place. So if you've missed out, don't worry. There's another hardcover edition, Volume 1, for you to get. Uh, Supergirl, her 2018 series, Volume 3, will be collected. Uh, this will definitely feature some of her adventures as one of the Secret Six. So she was infected by the uh, the Batman who laughs in order to become one of the evil people. Uh, Superman City of Tomorrow, Volume 2, will be collected. So this was definitely the start of the Jeff Loeb, Ed McGinnis run on Superman's uh, adventures. 
Teen Titans Deathstroke, the Terminus Agenda. Um, you know, I remember getting suckered into this one. So, I mean, I'll throw it out there because definitely I could see fans of the new Teen Titans are enjoying it. But I think they tried to cash in on that Judas Agenda, that that whole vibe to make it feel like, oh, this is going to be a big thing. And there was some interesting fallout, but I just... It, like it should have been cool. The fact that Deathstroke now has access to the Speed Force, but just not so much. Yeah, there was. Uh, what was the other one? It wasn't. It was another contract, but it wasn't Judas contract because Judas Judas contract was the the one from the seventies, right? And then they had. Yeah, that's the, that's the big one. Yeah, they had a new one. That was when he got the Speed Force from. Uh, you know what? You're Kid right. I'm mistaking this adventure for that adventure. Oh, what was yeah. that one called? It was it was it was another thing called. They used the word contract again. I just can't remember what it was. And he got his icon suit or whatever it was called. Uh, his yeah, black and white that. one. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's 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 okay. It's not that important, <laughs> right? That's kind of how DC <laughs> feels about the Teen Titans, anyways. <laughs> yeah, uh, but true. here's something. That- Here's some interesting stuff. This is, I think this is part of DC's young adult line, uh, but Victor and Nora, a Gotham love story. So this could be interesting for fans of Mr. Freeze. Get to see a little bit more of a uh, prequel to how he became so cold after the loss of Nora. So you know, it's definitely so all coming. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, what's so funny is that the whole Victor Freeze like storyline, as I understand it, you know, he was Mr. Freeze first because he was just a bad guy that used freeze to, 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 to rob banks right yep um, and then eventually it was the animated series that gave him the doctor background and the 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 frozen wife right yep exactly yeah and then so now he's even even if you like if you play the video games or you you read the comic books he they rarely play him off as a vicious or vindictive like bad guy he's it's more of a flawed bad guy or you know just a, he's he's a guy that's trying to do things to make ends meet so that he can help his wife like his dying wife like so we we always uh compassion like we 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 we, are, we start to become compassionate for him as a villain um which i think is funny like the 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 evolution of the character which mr freeze has always been a character that i enjoyed uh and i always thought it was interesting that they never called him dr freeze because but now i know why well, you know, it's funny. Even if we take it back a notch, I think when he first appeared, I think he was called Dr. Zero. Really? Yeah, so I think that's, that might be another reason why they, they kind of stay away from that. Um, yeah, when he first came out as a character, oh, my God, it was just exactly that. Like, oh, I'm some guy. I'm a walking refrigerator. Um, I mean, it was fun for the TV series, the Adam West stuff there was just nothing there no substance to the character and it really wasn't until batman the animated series and if i remember correctly i think they won an emmy for that for that screenplay that's how powerful the story was and it was like it it just was like you know what let's let's do it let's keep that origin and i'm glad they did because um during the new 52 era they decided to tweak his origin one more time and they made it so that nora was a thing but um, she was like a woman from the 40s that he was obsessing over. Like she did the whole Walt Disney thing and had herself frozen. And so that's why he's doing what he does. And I was like, nope, I do not like this origin. I mean, <laughs> him being a, a 
creeper stalker through the centuries or through the decades? No, not digging it one bit. Uh, so I'm definitely glad that they're going back to those roots because yeah, it, it does. Him as a compassionate, you know, villain makes it better. You know, like that's why I'm, I have such a draw to Two Face because he didn't choose to be a bad guy; it just fell upon him. You know, and then yeah, you you know you start adding the. Uh, you know, the abusive father and the, the, the trauma and the anger. Okay. That adds to it. Um, but I definitely just love the fact that he was a good guy and the city did him so wrong, you know? Yep. But yeah. All right. Well, so now let's, let's shift gears. Let's go over to Wednesday. So if you go to your comic shop on Wednesday, everybody else's comics will be out. Um, so if you're a fan of the boys, there's actually been some new material coming out. There is dear, or sorry, there's the boys, dear Becky number six. Uh, so I recently learned about this one. It's basically butcher recalling his last days with Becky, uh, right before life went to hell. So if you want to get kind of a, butcher prequel this is definitely the series here i don't know if it's gonna be um six and done or if it's gonna keep going or not so that'll definitely be interesting to try to find out uh the walking dead is back in color so again walking dead deluxe number two will be out uh taking all the all the comics and reprinting them in color so again um uh, Robert Kirkman must need something, so he's going to get more millions of dollars. <laughs> I got to say, though, I, I, I caved and I bought issue one. I liked it. I, I think it'll be neat. So I, I will probably be um, – I'm debating because I did buy the trades because I, I got to say, like, there's certain runs of comics that I'm proud to have the complete run of trades. Like Ultimate Spider-Man, that is one that sits on my shelf, and I love that it's there. Um, so Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead is definitely a phenomenon. So I've got all the trades all the way till they turned them into older Rick. Um, and then I stopped. I just kind of fell out of it because I didn't like the Rick that I was seeing. And I want to say, I think that took it up to like 12 of 18 or something like that. So I'm so close. So the question is, do I go back the rest of the trades just so I could have that? Or should I invest my money and buy these uh, deluxe edition comics. I don't know. I'll probably get the deluxe ones just because that's one thing I wish that they had involved was the uh, letter pages. Those were, those are actually pretty good. Anyways, uh, jumping onward. So now we're over at Marvel comics. So amazing Spider-Man number 51 last remains continues on. Uh, we are dealing with the fallout of basically hell attacking Spider-Man in New York. So what is this going to do? Is this going to, uh, there's definitely been a lot of talk about uh, one more day and one moment of time, and it sounds like even Doctor Strange knows. So I guess the big question is, does Peter Parker know? Does he even remember the events that transpired? Um, I do love this cover. There's one of the variant covers by Iban Koyo. Um, you've got all the different other other spider people that are there. So I think you've got Aranya, uh, Silk, uh, Jessica Drew. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember the... Uh, the, the the first redheaded uh, black suit spider woman. I can't remember her name now, um, but I think she's now the, the Julie Carpenter. There you go. Julia Carpenter. God, what was it? Was it mistress? What? No, Madam web. There we go. Madam web. Kind of funny. Cause basically she's now Oracle of the Spider-Man people, you know? Right. So that, that's definitely a way they could play her up. And then of course you've got miles and uh, Gwen Stacy there as well. So I just think that's a neat cover to see that spider pack up there. Uh, Atlantis attacks number four is out. So again, this continues on with the, uh, ever struggle of Namer deciding to be a good guy or a bad guy. And what are the ramifications? 
Avengers issue 57 will be getting a facsimile edition. Uh, this takes us way back into the early days of the Avengers when we got the vision for the first time. So if you would love to have a reprint of his first appearance, there you go. Now, in the current series, Avengers issue 38, uh, Jason Aaron is going to have the Avengers take it straight to Mephisto. So what's going on? Hell is definitely all over the place where it comes to Marvel. So could there be a, a potential crossover? I, I hope so. And also, don't forget the Phoenix is going to be coming, so uh, keep your eye out. They've been doing a lot of Phoenix variant covers, so if you want to get a Black Panther Phoenix cover, that'll be one of the variants to uh, Avengers 38. Black Widow's series is going on, um, and as you can see here in one of the covers, so Natasha has been taken out of the spy life, and now she has a family. Who is the husband and who is the baby? So that is going to be some crazy stuff there. So that's definitely been a book that people are starting to talk about, which would have been perfectly timed. Uh, but then the movies have been pushed back. Uh, Captain yeah. Marvel. Yeah, it's such a shame because this actually I am hearing people talk majorly about this one. Uh, even the regular cover by Adam Hughes looks really awesome. Just, I don't know, something about seeing the Black Widow in a wedding dress. Uh, it's just such a great graphic. Um, but then we have Captain Marvel. She'll be taking on Namor herself. So will she finally smack some sense into Namor? Or will he just keep yelling Imperius Rex as he tries to uh, over? Uh, let's see. What else do we got coming from Marvel? Uh, Deadpool issue eight. Uh, and I believe this is going to start tying into the whole uh, King and Black storyline. So keep an eye on that book. Guardians of the Galaxy number eight, they're definitely dealing with the fallout from Empire. So they're going to help draw the lines to uh, uh, where the uh, the the where the, uh, the the alien states have jurisdiction and not. So pretty wild stuff. And again, if you want to see Rocket Raccoon as a detective, that's definitely the book to be checking out. Hellstorm is going to be getting his own Marvel Tales. So this, these are always great primer books. Uh, so the TV show is out, I believe. Yeah. And if, uh, so if you want to get a copy of his first appearance and a couple of his major stories, this is definitely the book to check out. Yeah. Uh, have I, you watched anything? Yeah, I watched the, the whole first season of Hellstrom on Hulu. And uh, I think that will be a future episode here coming up where we'll talk about Hellstrom. But uh the the show is interesting. Like I thought that the first half of the show was not great. The second half of the show was much better. I feel like they had to do a lot of heavy lifting for the TV show because there's not. I don't think there's a lot out there for Hellstrom and Satana, the daughter of the uh, the daughter of Satan, uh, as characters in the Marvel universe, uh, so to speak. That they had to fill out a whole first season of a show. Yeah, um, they like while they may be interesting characters, and I know they have their fan favorites, but they've never been enough to hold a series all their own. That might have been something where the show maybe they should have just done the Midnight Suns and had yeah. like you know the Ghost Riders um, and Blade and various other characters because while Blade may be interesting enough to hold a show. If I remember correctly, I think the third movie didn't it even get to a point where he kind of had to assemble a team. Like, isn't that why? Uh, Ryan Reynolds was there, so yeah, we had the Night Stalkers assembled in the in the third Blade movie, Blade Trinity, and essentially the reason why we have Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool in more ways than one. It showed that he could pull off the comic book material, but then also, as the myth goes, someone handed him a De Deadpool comic on the set of Blade Trinity and said, "Hey, 
I think he'd be really great for this character. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So definitely like, I mean, I, those characters, they're fun, but they can't do the heavy lifting by themselves. So yeah, I think it would have been neat. Like I know they just had that. Um, oh God. What was that? The spirits of vengeance miniseries. I think we talked a little bit about that. So that had blade Johnny blaze, Elstrom and Satana and, Oh God, I can't remember who the fifth character was, but they teamed up to basically go around and try to stop, you know, hell on earth. So it's like, that yeah. would have been cool, you know, because even if you look at kind of a pilot idea for that with, um, Oh, what's that show? Supernatural. You know, the show's better off when you have multiple people there. So when you get those teams, I think people like that, but anyways, yeah, hopefully they- that's successful. I mean, that was supposed to be, it was supposed, Hulu was supposed to get this show and a, uh, uh, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider show at the same time. They were working on it. Robbie, the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider show is the one that got canceled and this one went forward. So you got to imagine that they were going to have some type of tie in to each other. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because Hellstorm first appears in Ghost Rider comics. <laughs> it makes complete sense. It's kind of interesting that they went with Hellstorm instead of uh, Ghost Rider, but I definitely think, um, oh my God, what's the DC one? What's their 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 devil show, Lucifer? Yeah, I think that probably was kind of like, hey, if it works over there, why not try it over here? And you know what? The funny thing is, is that I wouldn't compare Hellstrom to uh, Lucifer because the the two shows are very different. I would compare Hellstrom more to John Constantine. Like that's more like what uh, the character is. Right. Well, it, it should be that way, but I can definitely see them saying, hey, oh, yeah. we're going to go full out, you know, because it's funny how it's like with Lucifer, that's the devil. Uh-huh. Then Hellstorm is the son of the devil. So it's kind of like, yep, you know, hey, can we get a DC Marvel crossover that way? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, look forward to that episode coming up here in the future. So we'll definitely go there. Uh, let's see. So spinning along, though, Immortal She-Hulk is getting a second printing. So if you missed out on the adventures of Jennifer Walters or you want to get a sneak peek into what her future can do, that would definitely be the way to go. Juggernaut number one is also getting a brand new second printing as well. That's an interesting costume on Juggernaut right there. Yeah, I'm very surprised uh, the, the color highlights that they're popping yeah. onto. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's, it's definitely playing into the whole... Uh, uh, current Hickman era, not yeah, current Hickman era of the the X Men. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, is he going to be allowed to be part of the mutant phenomenon, or will they remember the fact that he's not a mutant and maybe that's why he's going rogue again? So do you uh, watch? Do you like um, Juggernaut better with the helmet or without the helmet? I think you got to have it with. That's his trademark look. Fair. Yeah. Why are you a helmetless kind of fan? <laughs> I mean, I do like it when he doesn't wear the helmet and the costume change, like during that era of X-Men where he was a part of the X-Men team. Um, but yeah, you're right. The The helmet is very much a trademark and you need he needs to be wearing it when you see him, just not the kind that you saw in X-Men Last Stand, please. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. But, you know, that's one of those things where they could do that, where like he takes it off does his stuff and then when it's fighting time definitely put it on because it it does have you know two factors to it helping him bust through stuff and then also the 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 mental attack yep but it can so yeah that'd be neat to play with it uh let's see maestro number two gets a second printing which will definitely feature the uh potential future hercules so 
Uh, see how he steps into the world of Maestro as well. Marauders issue 14 continues on with the X of Swords phenomenon. So if you definitely want to pick that up, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 20 has a guest appearance by Captain America. Shang-Chi number one will be getting a second printing. And they also have a neat incentive cover uh, by Dyke Ruin. Uh, he is a great artist. Uh, I would recommend following him on social media. And so you get to see his character design cover there as well. Uh, there's a lot of Star Wars books coming from Marvel. Well, go ahead. I was just going to say, which uh, they did just announce this past week that Shang-Chi had wrapped filming. So, Oh, nice. So, yeah, so that's, that, if we ever get to go see movies again. You know, it's going to be interesting, though. I'd be curious to see, will Marvel, because it sounds like they definitely have a very linear plan. So will they have these movies done and sit and wait? Or will they just say, you know what, once theaters do open, will they put out Shang-Chi and then work Black Widow in? Or will they put out Black Widow and then work out the rest? So that'll be interesting to see from how the, are they going to handle their plan. Yeah, from the sounds of it, they will still just release them in their proper timeline of uh, movies. Because even though they, everything will be accelerated, because it sounds like they still want to try and release everything that was supposed to come out this year, plus everything that's supposed to come out next year, all in next year which would probably be in the later half of the of next year if uh, we get things c- under control. Wow. So that's going to be very interesting. So two years of Marvel potentially in one year. <laughs> plus all the, all the Disney Plus shows. That's true, too. Ooh, which will man. have direct titles. So uh, when eventually Marvel has all our money, Disney has all our money, <laughs> Will they buy DC or will they buy DC and Warner Brothers? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. uh, Thor issue two is getting a, uh, let's see, a sixth printing. So Donnie Cates is doing some amazing stuff over there. Uh, Issue nine is the current series. And I find it interesting that they're going to go there. So the whole idea of Donald Blake is back. Uh, And I believe this issue explores the idea of when Donald Blake is on earth, where does Thor grow? Where does Thor go and vice versa? I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of like the idea that Donald Blake was formed that Thor war as a way to learn humility, not the fact that they're two separate people. So I don't know. Um, have you ever been a fan of the whole Donald Blake phenomenon with Thor? I mean, I like the idea of him having to be, uh, someone else but then it's weird that we always come back to it like either we i don't know i feel like there isn't enough outcry for the donald blake persona like for them to constantly come back to being like well thor needs to be uh, a human again like i don't know it, it's it's a weird like to me it needs to either stick or not stick like we need to pick a side at this point yeah, no, I definitely, I, I agree with that. Like, you're right. It doesn't need to be brought up every five years, um, which is an interesting phenomenon. Now, I have a major question for you, though. This one, I was thinking about it last night. Okay, so on the regular cover, we see Thor, and it looks like he's got his little tiara effect going on with the current costume, okay? And then one of the variant covers, and I, I'm going to choose the one that I really like the most here, the uh, Ed McGinnis one. So he's definitely drawing, like, Kind of a Neo Thor, you know, it's definitely classic, but it's modern as well. And he's got the winged helmet. Mm-hmm. Do you think Thor should keep, because you asked me about Juggernaut's helmet. What do you think about Thor? Should he keep his or is it cool to not have it? I mean, 
yes, I, I will always be a fan of the winged helmet uh, for Thor. However, I do also enjoy it when he's just not wearing anything on top of his head, like just the long hair flowing or if we want to do the Chris Hemsworth short hair, that, that works too. But I think the um, tiara is not the best look. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree with that one. All right, let's see. Uh, let's try to save you a couple bucks before we close this out. So True Believers will be out this week when they are focusing on King and Black. So we will get Black Knight number one. And Black Knight's going to have a big year coming up here pretty quick. Uh, so he's definitely in the comics going to be featured in King and Black. But then <clears throat> he will also be appearing in the Eternals film as well. So if you want to get a dollar copy of his first appearance, I would definitely say pick that up. And also an interesting trick that some fans have been doing is buying these and then taking them and go getting them CG seed. Uh, so that way you can get a cheaper edition of the first appearance and then have it sealed at a higher score level. So that's something that potentially investors could be looking at. And then we also have a, uh, Another true believer, this one's called Gamma Fights, Doc Samson number one. So I believe this would probably be the first appearance of Doc Samson. He's the gentleman with the long green hair who uh, oftentimes acts as Bruce Banner and Hulk's therapist. So we get to definitely see his first appearance there for a buck as well. And then, of course, one of the major characters we're talking about this week, U.S. Agent. So U.S. Agent will be getting his own miniseries here. So issue number one will be out. Um, so this will be pretty wild because Christopher Priest can spin quite the yarn. So I will be very intrigued to see what he does with old John Walker there. I do find it interesting, though, that some of these variant covers, like it looks like it's a four set. Two of them look like they have the classic uh, black red with the flag costume and then two of them look like they have the new one with the jacket kind of uh the the tab flowing down so it'll be interesting to see uh which one they wind up staying with ultraman rise of ultraman number three will be out as well definitely bringing ultraman into the marvel comics side of things will he stay in universe we will find out Venom issue 25 gets a fifth printing. Issue 26 gets a fourth printing. Issue 28 gets a second printing. Wow, Donnie Cates is really just killing it. Um, Web of Vampire, sorry, Web of Venom, Empires, and who never put Venom and Empires together. Uh, Web yeah. of Venom, Empires, and number one will be out. So this is definitely going to uh, segue us from Empire into the King and Black storyline because don't forget. You might be asking yourself, how does space tie into Venom? Well, Venom is actually a space creature. So it'll be very interesting to see uh, what I think his name is Noel, King Noel, what he's going to do after all this uh, uh, craziness has been going on. So this will definitely be a big landmark issue to pick up. And then we have Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood. So there was the Batman Black and White series that did phenomenally well, where you just get various creative to come back and do quick short stories on Wolf, uh, Batman. So now Marvel will be taking the same idea. So we will be getting the Black, White, and Red all over adventures of Wolverine. Uh, X of Swords, creation number one, will be out uh, with a second printing. X Factor number four will be getting a second printing, so get ready for that onslaught wave to come around. But speaking of newer issues, X-Men number 14 will be out, uh, which is starting to get us closer to the X of Swords ending. I have to shout out, uh, there is a variant cover that has Cyclops just unleashing his power, so go pick that up, definitely, because it's beautiful. Um, Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer, number nine, will our volume nine will be out, so this will start collecting the Sins Rising adventures. Uh, Dawn of X number nine will be out, collecting that complete 
uh, series of Hickman run books and then Empire X-Men. So I remember last week you asked about the Empire trade. Yes, that trade will definitely feature the main story. And then, of course, they'll be pooping out these other trades that will collect the side story. So if you wanted to see how Empire affected the X-Men, this is the trade to go to. Uh, this one I find interesting. So even though there's a lot of mockery for Heroes Reborn, those trades, though, just keep getting reprinted all the time. So Heroes Reborn Iron Man is out. Now, I got to admit, I did like that costume. I don't know, just those crazy big exhaust pipes. For <laughs> some reason, they were just pretty cool looking on Iron Man. <laughs> Um, and then we've got for those of you that want to get some fun adventures, Marvel verse Deadpool and Wolverine. So Paul Tobin and Fred Van Lente will be taking our favorite Canadians and putting them on some shenanigans. And if you're tired of all these Thor reprints, go get the trade paperback. So Thor by Donnie Cates, volume one devourer King and see what's going on there. Uh, and just in time, because Venom is blowing up as well. Venom, the Epic collection symbiosis, symbiosis will be out so that'll be kind of neat to start getting some of the early adventures of crazy eddie brock back when he was eating brains and then don't forget x-men sword no time to breathe so kieran gellian's uh fun adventures with the sword team which is shield in space we get to see that miniseries reprinted now, as well back in the day or is that recent well, that's from back in the day, because uh, if I blow up the cover here, we can see there's Cat Beast from his Astonishing Era. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely when uh, when Hank was uh, dating. God, I can't remember her name. Uh, Agent uh, Brand. Abigail. There you go. Agent Brand. Yep, Abigail, Abigail Brand. So, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, that's right. Uh, Brand. Kitty's pet dragon, Lockheed, was a secret self agent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then just one book I wanted to touch on. I know we didn't get to talk about it, but the big spoilers have been out there. Um, I, I know we we kind of texted about it. So uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Ronin finally came out. Uh, it kind of was, we have heard about it and everybody was questioning who would be the last turtle and all this fun stuff. Um, Michelangelo. That's pretty wild. I, I My money was on Donatello. So I was I was kind of surprised there. Yeah, Mikey, the party dude, is the last uh, turtle to to survive, and he's taken on the uh, the name of the last Ronin. Which I get from a writer point of view, be like, how do you take the? I mean, who who's the one that you want to make super serious and have to suffer all the the loss of his brothers and and family? And that would be uh, the party dude. Yeah, it's a big character change for him, I assume. Yeah, definitely. Um, I flipped through it. I was surprised. April O'Neil is still alive in the future. So that's exciting. So at least he doesn't have to carry that cross totally alone. Um, and then uh, again, to our fans and listeners, definitely good luck getting a copy. The thing sold out before it was released. And that's even including the fact that it had like a gazillion variant covers. Jeez. Anyways, that's your spinner rack. So All right. Money this year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh like i said we will be talking about hellstrom in the future episode this episode we are not going to be doing a 101 so to speak of these two characters but more just talking about them and how we see a fight between the two of them working out um john walker is your replacement captain america at one point was also called uh super patriot right he uh eventually gets brought into um once when captain america is being discredited 
I want to say by uh, Del Rusk, as we eventually get to know, is uh, the Red Skull. Um, oh, no, that was that was way later. Uh, this sadly, Steve Rogers at that point in the eighties just got so disheartened by the government because they were asking him to to do certain missions and jobs, and he felt as Captain America he couldn't do it, so he walked away. Oh, I thought and the into it there. Because Del Rusk, that didn't happen till uh, till Jeff Johns. We were just talking about him earlier, <laughs> the good old days. Um, what's that? I just said my bad. Okay, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you were right. Uh, uh, we first got John Walker as the Super Patriot. Uh, definitely, kind of a uh, egocentric, hate filled government agent. The kind of guy you do not want to see behind a mask as uh, important as Captain America's. Um, he first appeared. And what he first appears in issue 323, and then finally, 10 issues later, he is Captain America, which was very scary in those days. Uh, but most of us probably recognize him in his famous uh, red, white, and black costume that, that Captain America first created as the captain. So, what are uh, his uh, powers, so to speak? So basically the way I always like to think of him is kind of a little bit of a watered down Captain America. Um, like Captain America may be able to lift a van over his head. A uh, U.S. agent would definitely be able to lift a car over his head. Uh, so he doesn't have quite the strength, but it's still pretty amazing. Uh, he's got the strength, agility, reflexes, um, you know, great athlete, great gymnast, and all those types of things. Um, but he doesn't have the strategic ability that Captain America has. Now, I know that changes because if Captain America is not there, he definitely gets portrayed as the strong leader type, as we saw when we talked about the invaders a couple episodes ago. But I always like to think of him from his days in the uh, the Avengers West Coast series, where even though you had a Captain America on the team, he wasn't the leader. Uh, most of the time it was Hawkeye. So if Clint is the leader, that's definitely saying something about John Walker's leadership abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that he also at one point gets uh, superpowers from the Power Broker, which is a character in the Marvel Universe that kind of deals in giving out powers, but usually has it's for a steep price. Yeah, so there's definitely always those strings attached. Um, <clears throat> I think they kind of played with that idea that uh, kind of whatever they used for his um, his super soldier serum, it didn't hold out so well. So that's why he kind of was like, "Uh oh, I I don't want to lose my uh, adrenaline rush from being a superhero." So you know, you go out to whoever you can to find those abilities. So it's kind of like an athlete. Like I almost like to think of it as uh, with my uh, God, I can't think of his name, but A Train. There we go, A Train from the Seven TV or the Boys TV show. You know, where it's like you already had those powers, but then you start dipping. So then you need that boost, that extra push to get you back up. So, uh, on the other side, on DC side, we have Christopher Smith, known as Peacemaker. Now, like we've said, we don't really know much about this character, but <laughs> one of the most interesting things to, to hear about him since his uh, being brought up for the Suicide Squad is that he is for peace at any cost. So, uh, essentially, he'll kill whoever he needs to kill to get to that piece, to that world piece. 
Yeah, yeah, quite the uh, character. So, I mean, he goes all the way back to the mid-60s. He was originally created under Charlton Comics, but Charlton eventually got bought out by DC Comics. So, by luck, he winds up becoming a DC Comics character. Um, He made the crossover from Charlton into uh, DC, probably only has like a handful of um, appearances, and then just eyes. <laughs> uh, even if we look at the legacy you had, as you mentioned, Christopher Smith, the uh, first uh, peacemaker, the second peacemaker, which got a little bit more of a spotlight does not have a secret identity. <laughs> uh, he's just known as unknown. So he was peacemaker. And of course he went the way as all peacemakers do Kabui. And then we got Mitchell black. Uh, so definitely kind of an interesting one there because this time they decide to say, well, you know, let's put a surgeon in the situation. Do you, um, that we, which, which one do you think is going to be the version that we get in the suicide squad? Ooh, that's tough. So I hate to say it in this way, but if I look at it, I'm looking at the creators. So you're not going to pick the unknown because Gerard Jones, his name is totally tainted by his, uh, horrible actions. So you don't want to be giving him money. Um, you can get some notoriety if you go with Mitchell Black, uh, because Bob Layton, he is, he's phenomenal. Uh, he did a lot of great stuff with Iron Man, um, and I think even Venom as well. And then as the artist, Dick Gordiano, uh, he was a big part of that too, but that tells me you might have to pay out a lot more in royalties. So I think Christopher Smith will probably get the nod. I think that'll be the one that, um, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, John Cena will play. Uh, and even as I cheat, I look at the other media. Yeah, it sounds like on television, uh, Christopher Smith was mentioned in Black Lightning. And then, um, or yeah, I guess they're even reporting that it will be the Christopher Smith version. Um, and so that'll be wild because Joe Gill is a major creator of a lot of comic book characters, but not a lot of people know about him. So he, it'll definitely be exciting to see him get some uh, shout outs because he's responsible for the original Captain Adam uh, and Judo Master, who would basically go on to be um, Ozymandias when it came down to um, the Watchmen. Right. So yeah, some wild stuff there. So yeah, it looks like Christopher Smith will definitely get the, uh, the nod to be our psychopathic peaceful guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so under abilities that I have here on this uh, fandom profile, it says hand-to-hand combat advanced firearms, tactical analysis, driving aviation. Uh, he also suffers from bipolar disorder and possibly schizophrenia. Um, believing that the souls of the people he killed inhabited his helmet and spoke to him. He was also plagued by hallucinations of his death, dead father egging him on to violence when he resurfaced years later and encountered blue beetle peacemakers, mental illness was no longer in evidence. Part of his equipment. He has body armor, which uh, peacemakers uniform is actually highly flexible bulletproof fabric. His helmet piece peacemakers bulletproof helmet is able to produce a sonic burst that can leave enemies temporarily deafened and a jet pack. That's right, folks. He flies around <laughs> like Boba Fett. Uh, a personal fighter jet with missiles and uh, magic uh, magic guns, machine guns, and an AI autopilot. So, I mean, he comes with a lot of equipment. Whereas over on the Marvel side, our John Walker has a vibranium shield, much like Captain America's shield. <laughs> yeah, so it, it'll definitely be interesting. It, it definitely looks to be... Um... 
really stacked in favor of uh, Peacemaker, just because, as you mentioned, all those uh, extras. I didn't know that about the helmet. I was very curious because that is a rather unique looking helmet. It it looks like a sideways mohawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, so I was very curious, like what it did, if it did anything. So yeah, that'll be uh the, the whole spirits living inside it definitely uh is interesting to uh to learn about. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's actually. I think it's the. I mean, that's part of his hallucinations that the spirits <laughs> are there. It's not like Katana's soul blade, where the actual souls of the people she's killed with that blade live in there. Uh, but if they play that up in the movie and tv show then it will be uh some acting that cena will have to do and that's for sure i hope because that that's right that uh katana has her 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 blade i would love to have a moment where peacemaker and katana meet because i hope she makes it into the sequel i would love to have it where he starts talking to her he makes it okay good um, but I would love it where he like learns about her sword and he's like, Oh, the same thing happens to my helmet, blah, blah, blah. And he walks off and, you know, in her native tongue, you could see her speaking. And like, I would just hope that the caption reads, man, that guy is full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we did put this up as a vote on our social medias and we got, we got a few people talking. We, but mostly <laughs> if it came to a fight between the two, we got a lot of people voting for us agent, uh, John Walker to come out ahead. We did get one peacemaker and that is, uh, well, one peacemaker that I know of, uh, Thomas Aceda came out saying, I'm going to, I'm going peacemaker because John Cena, butt chugged a beer and us agent is looking kind of sus and sus spelled backwards is not USA. Not really anything to do with the two characters, but John Cena was in a movie called Blockers where he had to butt chug uh, a beer. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody decided to say, all right, let's give Peacemaker a chance because um, I know I, when, I, when I saw some of the stuff on the, the social media, uh, one fan, you know, was like, what? Um, and, you know, it was definitely trapped in the 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 uh, silver ageness of the peacemaker. I think that's what's going to be interesting with DC Comics is they're going to have quite the challenge to make this character something, uh, just because he's probably been out of print longer than he's ever been in print. Like you could probably get one one trade paperback with twenty issues that would feature all the appearances of all the peacemakers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just has not been used um we have seen him pop up and stuff uh he did make an appearance in kingdom come just because of you know alex ross wanting to draw as many people and it's funny that you mentioned boba fett because in this future version of kingdom come he does have a boba fett style outfit so alex ross felt the same way you did with that like he must be this cool guy but he's gonna get taken out so quick (laughs) (laughs) Um, Watchmen uh, is probably where he's better known just because he's the inspiration for the comedian. So that was definitely something there. Uh, he did make some appearances in the TV show, uh, young justice, but again, I don't know if there was enough to basically say it was worthwhile. No, I don't, I do not remember him showing up in, in young justice. I wonder if it's kind of a background character kind of thing. 
Yeah, definitely. I would say it's almost probably along the lines of how I know, like, oh, cool. Uh, I I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Peter Cross made an appearance on Young Justice. Yeah, there was a doctor. <laughs> I don't know. Technically, he wasn't named Peter Cross. <laughs> um, I know that normally when we think of the Captain America on uh, the DC side, I well, me personally, I go to the Guardian. How do you feel the Guardian goes up against uh, Peacemaker? So I definitely the Guardian, even though the Guardian is definitely, you know, like if we look at the training ideas, like a cop to an actual soldier and even like a special op soldier, still say the Guardian gets the win just because when you're in battle, that peace and clarity of mind is huge. And I just don't see Peacemaker having that. Um, I can almost see it being one of those things like maybe that's why the helmet is there to help him see clearly to have clarity when he's out there. So I could definitely see the tactical mind of the guardian uh, coming through and overpowering peacemaker. Uh, So I would definitely say, you know, he gets the win just because, He's going to be the better fighter. He's going to be a clear mind. Now, the only problem with Peacemaker, though, is kind of, as you said earlier, he loves peace so much he'll do whatever it takes to have it. I think Peacemaker is going to be such a liability because if they have a street battle, I could see Peacemaker saying, forget it. I'll shoot up this store. I'll shoot at these people just to draw the Guardian out. So as long as Peacemaker isn't going to be around people, I definitely say he loses because that way the hero that he fights doesn't have to worry about the collateral damage. So do you remember John Walker as us agent using any type of weapons other than the shield? Basically just whatever was available. Uh, more or less you'd see him, you know, a knife, a grenade, uh, potentially handguns. So he's definitely got marksmanship ability. Um, Obviously, with the Captain Shield, he's just as good as Cap, you know, being able to hold the original and use his own in a formidable way. Uh, But anything outside of, like, you know, your basic what's going to be in the hands of a soldier, no, I haven't seen him go with with extra cool weaponry. Um, I know, and I think you even remember this, too, though, he had that uh, arm. He had a prosthetic arm for a while there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting and i'd be very curious to see does he now have something to the fact of like bucky where he has a cybernetic arm or does he just you know did they do it comic books and was like oh no his arm's back <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i would like the last the last thing i do remember reading him is when he was the warden for the raft on uh, thunderbolts and he was a, a, a major character in that but yes eventually he did become uh uh us agent again and i honestly don't know uh, it looks at one point he did bond with the venom symbiote so is that how he re- regained his limb I- i'm not sure hmm, yeah. Oh, yeah. What it, says. it says being bonded with the symbiote restored walker's lost limbs i'd never heard of yeah. the symbiote doing that for anybody uh i mean it does it for uh agent venom but that's only when he has the venom on yeah, exactly. It would recreate his legs. It didn't let him. It didn't let ha- Flash Thompson have legs when he wasn't, you know, venomized. So that's that's an interesting uh, power upgrade for both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I 
let's get down to it. Fight between the the two. How do you see it playing out? Okay, so I like I said, I, I definitely would. I would throw this out. This is not going to be like I. It's it's got to be overseas, you know, just because both of these guys, the U.S. government, definitely employs the two of them, but wouldn't want to unleash them on U.S. soil. So whatever factions of the government you're talking about, like Peacemaker might be like, okay, Amanda Waller's like, I need you to go over and take out this drug lord in in some foreign nation. Um, John Walker through the, I don't know, God, who is he? Who would he be affiliated with? Um, Gyrick? Yeah, there you go. There's a good, that's a good uh, battle. So yeah, so Gyrick is kind of like, hey, we need you to go steal this item from this uh, drug lord in another country. So that way it kind of puts them on a direct mission, but also have to uh, cross paths. So I want to see it kind of like jungle terrain, kind of kind of that atmosphere. So oh, the I two like of that. them are out there. Um, and, and it's funny because they will have the ability to have stealthness. But the question is, would they use it? Because <laughs> they're both loud mouth type of guys. Um, so I, I look at it as with, with U.S. agent, he's definitely going to have that black, white, and red costume. So it does look a little bit patriotic, but it's not clear enough. Uh, with Peacemaker, you know, his costume does not scream patriotic at all. So there's going to be no reason that these two should think they're on the same side, you know? Right. Um, so I would say, you know, I think Peacemaker gets the edge that when he's first there, he is blending in with territory. He is walking around because he's had some uh, wartime dealings. Uh, John Walker gets there, and I think he's just like, all right, straight path, me to wherever the uh, the item's location is. So definitely uh, Peacemaker gets off the first shot. So he, you know, he fires off on U.S. Agent. Uh, luckily, U.S. Agent, you know, takes the hit in the shield goals rolling with it. Um, then it just escalates. So whoever has the most grenades definitely has an edge. Um, but in the end, when it comes down to it, while I know both of them are crazy to a point, um, just because like I've seen in us agents, comics and appearances where I've read him, he is not a team player. Uh, he is not able to let his anger subside. It usually tends to control him. But from what I've gained on the Christopher Smith version of Peacemaker, I think his insanity, uh, his his mental uh, weaknesses, mental illnesses, definitely affect him more. So I would say I I, I play it off as I, I feel that John Walker realizes I need to take the helmet off this guy just because you never know what advantage it's giving him. But I think once Peacemaker loses that helmet think he's done uh he really just kind of falls down and 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 gets crippled by it um so i think that's going to be john walker's ultimate goal is to kind of destroy that helmet take it off of him uh i would love to get it to a point where it comes down to a fisticuffs you know they're they're both just knocking the crap out of each other and fighting um and what i see when it comes down to it is you know Peacemaker is definitely, as they're staying, stating here, uh, advanced in hand-to-hand combat. But John Walker has also had experimentation on him. So as you mentioned earlier with the power broker and then probably some form of super soldier serum. So I would definitely a, he was also trained by Taskmaster in, in how to fight. 
Okay, so even another training in that regard. Uh, but I just think his pa- his punches are going to pack more of a wallop, so he winds up just beating the crap out of Christopher Smith. Um, so I, uh, epin- weapons wise, I give it to John Walker. Uh, mental wise, I give it to John Walker. And when it comes down to fist to fist, it comes down to John Walker. So I just think he lays the smackdown on Peacemaker, just beats the hell out of him, despite it being John Cena or not. <laughs> Uh, I see as the the weapons like to me, if you take I, I take into account that Peacemaker being uh, the the counterpart to um, the comedian. Uh, I mean, there's the scene in uh, the Watchmen movie where you see Peacemaker or Peacemaker, the comedian using the blowtorch, right? Uh, or uh-huh. flamethrower. Uh, I think that he's going to have a huge arsenal of things to throw at uh agent us agent and i think that's going to play out a big part so i think firearms uh and weapons i'm going to give it to peacemaker now the idea that he is a little insane uh you know schizophrenic bipolar that's going to be difficult for us agent to anticipate what the next move is going to be what you know how do you fight a guy that is uh not all there it's kind of what happens with batman fighting the joker right like he can never really get it down because the joker doesn't think like a normal person so to speak quote unquote normal uh but when it comes down to physical prowess and and fighting ability yes john walker takes the cake all of his training, all of his uh, uh, abilities and power broker and super soldier serum, whether it's dormant or weakened or what, it's still going to be more than enough to take out Peacemaker. And I think that is what it's going to come down to. And you're, I think everybody's right. Of all of our votes, we had most of it go towards U.S. agent. And uh, it seems like between the two of us, U.S. US agent takes the cake. When it comes to fighting Peacemaker, um, I, I, I do think the shield is going to play a big part in that, too, which it always does. Like, it's what we see Captain America uh, rely heavily on. And I don't, I don't see why it'd be any different with uh, U.S. agent. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, and just because, you know, we, we got to see those those results. So I want to I want us to play a little bit of a devil's advocate. So um Let's say, just throw it out there. How does Peacemaker win? Do you have a do you have a, a fight option for the man? Do you do you know how he can do it? How he can take down John Walker? I think if he keeps John Walker moving, like constantly on the defense, and he just keeps uh, offensively pursuing U.S. Agent, I think that's how he wins. I because, like I said, he has no rhyme or reason to his mo his uh motives or uh actions so john walker can't anticipate what the next move is and he just keeps bringing out the arsenal like it a flamethrower then a machine gun then a machete then uh a grenade launcher the i think john walker gets tired he gets fatigued from having to jump around so much even though i like that one of he runs super stamina. Yeah, I like that. You, you got a good call because that can work. Also, the bonus is with the uh, the mental derivatives because 
John Walker is a very angry guy. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right that if um, if if a Peacemaker can keep him running and on his toes, it's going to tick him off. That's a good call. I, I like that. What about you? How do you feel? Oh, mine's going to go dark. Mine's going to go dark. So if, if Christopher Smith is going to get the win, okay? Uh, <laughs> like I said before, if you put him in a civilian location, he's going to start shooting up people. And John Walker is going to run to the defensive people. Doesn't matter how much of a scumbag or, uh, uh, you know, hateful person he is, he's still going to try to save civilians. Now, the big one is how does he get the win? Well, I, I was looking at this uh, on the fandom page, this picture of Peacemaker, and he's got those grenades on his belt. I don't think those grenades are necessarily for tactical use. I think those are, you don't get to be on a team called the Suicide Squad without having something missing. <laughs> that something missing might be the will to live. So I think <laughs> if it comes down to it, you know, if Christopher Smith is pinned down and John Walker's right there, I could see, you know, Again, I'll do whatever it takes to make peace. And if he feels that U.S. agent is not that, like, is not helping him obtain peace, then, yeah, he's going to win by just pulling the pin and killing both of them. <laughs> so that's that's how I see uh, Peacemaker getting the win in that case. Interesting. Okay. Uh, there you go, folks. Peacemaker versus U.S. agent. We're pretty unanimous. U.S. agent takes the cake, but (laughs) it would be interesting to see Peacemaker do what he needs to do to get that W. So uh, when the shows come out, when the movies come out, we will definitely be back to talk more about these characters. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on those characters. So if you find me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia G.E.M. G.E.M. stands for Geek Elite Media. Uh, Chris, where can people find you online? Uh, you can definitely find me online on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D, uh, and check out all the writings that I do on Geekly Media's website, geeklymedia.com, and also at aiptcomics.com where I review newer comics. Then check out the rest of Geekly Media at Geekly Media on Twitter at Geekly Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. As Chris mentioned a minute ago. Our website is geeklymedia.com where you can check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network, as well as his writings and other writings and other articles. Please check out our Patreon. You get a bonus episode of Imagine If called Reimagine If, if you are one of our patrons, plus a lot of other bonus material. Then whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us so it helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. 